Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I am very fortunate to talk to Fawn Germer, the author of the fantastic book, Coming Back, How to Win the Job You Want When You've Lost the Job You Need. Fawn is on the podcast today to talk about the book, to talk about how you as an individual can revitalize your career if you're trying to re-engage your development, re-enter the workforce, or perhaps you're entering the workforce for the very first time. Fawn was an absolute delight to have on the show. I'm very excited for you to hear from her. Up first, I want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. The owner and operator of Snuffy is my good friend, Nick Silvestri. He designed the Detox Podcast logos. So if you like the logos, you like his work, go check it out, snuffy.co. And now stick around. My conversation with Fawn will be right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is Fawn Germer. Fawn, how are you doing today? I'm fine, Joe. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. Now, Fawn, I'm super excited to have you on the show. We're going to be talking about your book, Coming Back, How to Win the Job You Want When You've Lost the Job You Need. There's a lot of great talking points in the book. I know it definitely helped me out as far as thinking about career transitioning, uh, but I want to start out by really level setting here on the show. Here at the Detox Podcast, we are committed to inviting folks to quote unquote detox from their life and get a window into how other people live their lives and just listen for 45 minutes, an hour, however long the episode is, and then have a new perspective. But I like to ask my guest, Fawn, what are you currently detoxing from? Me? (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I'm the one that used to be the reporter. That's the kind of stinker question you leave for the end when they're not prepared. (laughs) What if... Um, well, I think, uh, the times are really crazy. Right. And I've always had really good coping skills and they, they served me very well during COVID, but I think that the last week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks have been a little rough. So I I would say that is something that I am focusing on my skills more and saying, I will take this one minute at a time, one day at a time. And when I do that, I can find happiness every day. So I'm still happy, but I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, that's a good point too, because it gets to a, it gets to a a situation when we're, because we're in a 24 hour news cycle all the time. And it's so easy to have the news on and go, I'm just going to get updated. I'm using air quotes right now. I'm just going to just tune in for a minute, see what's the state of the nation, see what's going on. And then I found this out for myself the other night. I looked up, it had been four hours and I had not budged. And I was shocked that it had been that long. And it's, it, it, it freezes one up. You don't know what to do. Nothing's changing in the minute to minute immediate, you know, there's nothing I can do by watching it. And so I had to just, I I had the moment where I went, it's not going to stop. Like there's constantly updates and let's pivot and let's bring someone else's perspective in. And I just, I had to pick up the remote and go, 
I, got, I just got to turn it off. I just got to go cold turkey and focus on what I can control, which is my own development, which is my perspective, right. which is my own um, trying to improve my quality of life. And and it, 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 it really sucks you in. Now, I want to, you know, we're well, in. Oh, go, go right ahead. That is so evolved. And yeah. I started as a news reporter when I was 15. So I was a newspaper wow. person. And that was at a time when they actually respected journalists. And I worked very hard <laughs> as an investigative reporter. But if you can imagine starting at 15 and being so passionate that I was an investigative reporter, I lived for the news. And I have long advocated for doing exactly what you're saying. And it's like, you have to do a news detox. You yeah. have to turn it off. And close to the election, it was getting so amped up. Yeah. And I said to my friend, you know, I've, I've worked on this campaign. I've tried. I just, you know, I, I don't know what else I can do. And she goes, there's only one thing you can do and you've already done it. So turn it off. And that's, that's powerful because there, there is a certain guilt that you're complicit when you don't say something and do something. But the other thing is, I think we're going out of our minds with this. Yeah. And so we have to take some sort of control over it. And when our parents saw crisis in their generation, it only occurred between the hour of six and seven. Right. And, and that was it. Yeah. But we get it 24 seven and it's so much that it just blows everything out of proportion. Exactly. It's, it makes, yeah. it makes it difficult to even focus on the next day and, yeah. and to, and to, and the idea uh, of taking your own professional development seriously in a time where like you've got a global pandemic, let's just like bucket that. Then you've got all the unrest about the election. Let's bucket that. And then you have current events, which we're recording this in January. And, and you know, there's just, it's like, how do you even cope? It, it gets, uh, it's a phrase I like to say, high stakes fatigue, where everything is so larger than life. And it's, it does affect the individual, but also I can't control any of the other stuff. I can control my professional development. So segueing back into that, I want to get a perspective from you about what was your original motivation to write this book and then release it as a resource for people in, in a time when I think it's very needed for folks to have. Yeah, the, the timing was great, but yeah. it's hard to imagine. I started this several years ago. It took oh, me wow. three years to report and write it. I did over 300 interviews to find out what is the truth about what it takes to reboot and keep your career alive, whether you're middle-aged or you've taken a time out to raise your kids or care for a loved one or sail the world. Right. There are these groups of people who are extremely competent and felt and feel like they've made huge contributions and they're sidelined and they can't get back in. So when I started, it was focusing solely on age and I thought I had a really good book on age discrimination. And the more I dug in with those interviews with CEOs, senior executives, workplace experts, consultants, professors, lawyers, and, and lots and lots and lots of professionals, the digger I dug Wait, <laughs> the deeper you dug, right? Yeah. Uh, you can tell I've started 12 hours ago with interviews, 13 right. hours ago. But the, the deeper I dug, the more I found the problem was bias. 
that was born out of assumptions about age. So it's, we're discriminated, and in this case, on age, because people assume that we haven't kept up technologically and that, you know, we're just a bunch of old has-beens that keep telling people what we did 30 years ago and and we don't know what we're talking about. Is that age discrimination if what we present in a change-driven world is old? No, we just have right. to make ourselves relevant. And that is, it seems so daunting, but it's not. It's completely doable. And this is a way you can seize the reins of your career back so that you are as powerful of a career professional in your 40s, 50s, and 60s as you were when you were in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. I love that. It is something where I'm hearing a lot of folks who are either had been laid off through the pandemic or had taken a break and are trying to get back in, in a remote environment, doing remote interviews, trying to retool their resume or better represent their skill set, and are hitting a brick wall. What are some of the, what were some of the common mistakes or pitfalls that folks uh, wandered into that, that if you're listening to this, you need to unpack and reapproach your, your development? Okay, so there is this assumption that you are tech savvy when you are not. Mm. You have to be really, really honest about that. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of us did social media, sort of. (laughs) A lot of us got all those computer skills, kind of. (laughs) And, and, And particularly the ones who are older this is this is more older than the people who've left the workplace you stayed so long in your position that your paycheck kept going up right right so you've got one of the highest paychecks in the office and a new millennial or gen zer coming in off the street will work for half as much or a third as much and deliver more right and we saw our parents have you know really good careers where they got the older they got the more respect they got and and now we're in a situation where the if you're not delivering and actually chasing relevance you are the has-been you're the old person and and you're not giving what they need to justify your paycheck so not only is there a generational clash, which happened because when the younger ones came in, the boomers really judged them and Gen X or somewhat did that as well. Right. You don't work right now. So that was there. But they also resent that some of the older ones are holding up positions that they want in higher paying, more influential positions in the company. Mm. And then as this change comes and we get more artificial intelligence, more machine learning and robotics and all this insanity that is real that is our world as that comes in they have to move the people out who aren't playing because we're just in the way so if you're behind you have to get caught up and that is terrifying yeah i mean think about it if you don't know what you're doing but shall i tell them what to do yes let's do it (laughs) all right well i'm gonna start with a quick story which shows how this gets uh sounds worse than it is (laughs) Years ago, when I was working in the newspaper in Denver, they got these machines that were going to connect us to something they called the information superhighway. (laughs) And they kept talking about the information superhighway and they got the machines. We're going to have to learn them. There will be trainings. You're going to use the information superhighway, blah, blah, blah. The machines came. 
And I was on vacation when they did the training. Oh. I come back and all the other reporters are getting on those machines using the information superhighway and they have not scheduled another training. And I'm, mm. I'm looking at this and I realize I have no clue how to use the information superhighway. Now you probably have guessed by now it was the internet. Right. Okay. Yeah. So finally for three weeks, I'm just feeling like the most inferior person in the newsroom. And I finally look at the reporter across from me and I, she had just gotten on the information superhighway. And I said, Hey, I don't know how to use the information superhighway. And she goes, you don't? I said, no. And she goes, come here. She drags me across the newsroom, sits me down, calls up a search engine, says, what are you working on? I told her, she typed the line in there, up popped a bunch of articles. She clicked on one. She goes, now you know how to use the information superhighway. <laughs> it took one minute of training, but I was certain my career was over because I didn't know how to use the machine. Right. Well, really where you start is you look at your industry and Google trends in fill in the blank industry. So if your industry is like yours is financial, mm -hmm. financial industry, or and you can do tech trends in financial industry, artificial intelligence in the financial services industry, all of these things, you look up the trends and it gives you an idea of what you need to know. And then start taking classes, go to Coursera or go to um, edX.org. These are two great resources where you can study with professors from Harvard or Stanford or Cambridge or Wharton or any of these great schools on things like, well, really you can study just about anything in there, but I'm saying learn more about innovation and those technologies, specifically AI, machine learning, big data, blockchain, these kinds of things. Right. And, but the big thing about these classes, there's two big things. One, you can take them for free hmm. and they only take about 20 hours of your time and you're getting all the latest learning and it's being presented so that you understand it. And then the second thing, I love this because the first time I took a class, it was an innovation class from MIT. And, and that's impressive, isn't it? That I mm -hmm. studied innovation from an MIT professor yeah. and it's free, but it's, so I'm telling you, it's like you do this, it makes you sound like you're just brilliant. Right. But I, I was taking that class and I was trying so hard to score on the test. And then I realized I'm auditing the class. I already have my degrees. I don't need the grade. I could flunk this test and it doesn't matter. I just need the information. Right. So don't set this up as something that's going to stress you out. Use it to get the information and the understanding. And then when something is difficult, there's always a simpler way to learn it. And so I always tell this story about blockchain. Blockchain is the technology that fuels something like big Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's very interesting and it's very complicated. And I didn't get it. And every time I looked it up, I didn't understand it. So I, I looked at some YouTube videos couldn't understand it until the day I found a YouTube video that said how to teach blockchain to your five-year-old. So I watched this four minute video and then I was like, Oh, I get it. Right. And so it's, yeah. it, it was something so complicated. I couldn't understand it, but it was so easy once I did. And right. so chase the learning and and make it clear to the people you work with or the people that you are you know seeking employment from 
that you are insatiably curious mm. and that you are constantly learning. You're constantly upgrading your skills. You're reading. You don't tell them what you read in terms of, I read the Wall Street Journal, the Harvard Business right. Review, Inc., Fast Company. These are the things you should read. Don't read them cover to cover. Just read the summaries. And if it's important, read the whole article. But what you want to do is sprinkle things you've read into conversations because mm. then they know you're not living 30 years ago, right. that you are current. And then on top of that, and this is really important, look the part. Don't look like some sloppy old person. And um, if you've been living on a boat for, for a long time, don't look like you're still on the boat. <laughs> Figure out what is the proper apparel for where you are. Right. If you are older, try to color your hair. I mean, I hate to say that. You should be able to be who you are, but people judge that. Yeah. So, so you can do that or get a really groovy haircut and you can get good, beautiful yeah, you know, some designer clothes on eBay for $20, $25. So, and even if it isn't your personality, you can grow into that once you start to do that. Because sure. I never cared about fashion. That wasn't my deal. And one day when I was writing about this, I looked in the mirror and I thought, God, you've gotten frumpy. <laughs> right? I'm looking, it's like, who am I to tell other people they need to defrump? So- <laughs> I gave myself a little fashion makeover. I'm telling you, I bought some things, new, brand new with tags, really expensive clothes on eBay for, I don't want to tell you how much. It was cheap. <laughs> it was cheap. It's like every time I get something for under $30, I just want to go score. Right. But they look fantastic. Yeah. And so I look on top of my game because I have this stuff now. Sure. And that's what you need. You cannot look like you are run down and, and tired. Right. You know, get in the game. If you want to play, be in the game. That's a good point. You've got to demonstrate your ability to be constantly, like, how was how it phrased to me? I heard the other day that someone was talking about, you've got to be able to demonstrate and show that you are, that you, that you, you have the, your finger is on the pulse of what's important in the industry or in life or whatever it is. And you don't, you as an individual don't necessarily need to look like everybody else. You need to look current and yeah. sound current and know what you're talking about, at least enough to know what they're asking you about. And you can even be honest and so and talk about, you know, I did this not too long ago. Well, I know a little bit about that. I'm aware of this, this, and this. That actually brings me to another point. And then you can redirect it back into something that is comfortable for you, but is still relevant and on topic. That's exactly, exactly right. And you know, you, you bring up a good point about about the the five-year-old blockchain because I learned coding from my five-year-old's coding book that was coding for kids. And it was just a physical book that you pull the different tabs to understand how the like monster robot gets from A to B. And all of a sudden, I understand the concept of coding, whereas I'd been reading and I'd been watching and I'd done all these things. And I'm like, I just, I, I, it's, it's not clicking. But then seeing it broken down, go, okay, That's now exactly, I get it. Exactly. It's just make it as easy as you can. And right. well, didn't, didn't we learn that in college? Right. That there would come a point you wanted to take the cake class. Yep. You had, you, okay. Who, who was going to, now wait, you may have been one of those students who said, where am I going to learn the most? But 
<laughs> I was one of those students who sometimes wanted to find out who was the easier professor because I wanted to get out. Yep. Yep. I took a public speaking course from a noted professor who gave pretty easy A's so I could get in mm -hmm. and get out. And I got an A, but I didn't learn okay. a whole lot. <laughs> Right. And we're in the same place today, right? Yeah. So we did just fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Now, I'm curious about if somebody um, is working remote, because we're in a remote environment. So I'm curious how we talked a little bit about different websites that people could go to for learnings, but how are they able, how do you recommend people show up um, for development in remote environments when they're not getting out and, and physically networking, going to networking events, getting in front of people, they're doing it all remotely. So they're taking in the information, they're trying to tool their LinkedIn accordingly. What are some tools and resources that folks can do to further their networking aspect of their career while being from home? Well, there's a lot of online networking being done through LinkedIn and all of that, but I have to say that, it, in, at least in my experience, COVID was the best thing that happened in networking for me ever in my career because um, <laughs> nobody was doing anything. They were all stuck at home. Right. Right. And yeah. nothing to do. So I'd send an email to, oh, I, I did this multiple times, just very senior executives. And, I'd, and, and if I had ever tried to get all of them, on a phone call or at a meeting, it would never have happened in, in saner times, right? right. And instead of even asking them, this is so funny, I didn't even ask when it would be convenient. I said, I'm having a Zoom call Tuesday the 6th at 7 p.m. Please come. 100% attendance. Wow. Right. And, and if you had seen, I, I ran the checkerboard on my, my Facebook page and somebody commented, how did you get all those power people together? Nobody's doing anything. Then they right. still aren't right. <laughs> We're still pretty much at home. Yeah. So yeah. if you're job hunting, you may not already have people like that in your network. So the way you get them is on LinkedIn, you find people, you approach them, do not make plastic sounding entrance emails. I can't stand those people on right. LinkedIn. Yep. It sounds fake, but just be very earnest. I really am looking to get into your company and I know that's not, yeah, you know, that's not what I'm going to bother you about right now, but I need to figure out how to break in any way we can do a 15 minute coffee and zoom. Hmm. People are saying yes all the time. And when I tell people to do that, you have to realize there will be times when people tell you, one of two things. They they will say, no, I'm, I can't do that. I'm sorry. Or, or they, may, they may not even answer. In which case, you just go to the next person on the list. Somebody will say yes. Right. Right. Somebody is going to say yes. Right. And, you know, the, the other thing they do is they make things happen for you. Hmm. They want to open the door and, and let you right in. And, and they help. They help. I love that. When folks are trying to better represent their skill set, uh, I'll give an example. So I know someone that had, was very qualified for a role and had gone to eight or nine interviews over the span of about 18 months. 
and kept being, you know, runner up or finalist or top three candidates, et cetera, et cetera. And the feedback consistently to them was, well, we just, we just felt that the other person had just a little bit extra. We can't really explain it. No real feedback. And then they were trying to figure out what the deal was. And they recognized that their materials were not necessarily telling the best story for them. And so they spent a lot of time tooling their resume and their resources that they send their portfolio, and then finding out a better way to tell their story. How can folks proactively, or perhaps if they're re-entering the workforce, how can they represent their skill set, their tools, without talking about past experiences that recruiters and hiring managers aren't caring about? Okay. And that is a really important point. Stop bragging about all your experience. That can be a, a real, it's not a badge of honor if people are thinking you're, you're a has-been, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to know that you've got 30 years behind you of doing something, right? Right. You need to to be able to highlight current things. So one thing, there's a lot on that in my book. And I also am a huge fan of workitdaily.com. And that's JT O'Donnell's website. And that you get these online coaches and and they are coaches. It's not that you're talking to a bot, but there's so much learning in there that will help you to learn what you need to do specifically in your case, because you don't need you don't need to pay a coach $300 an hour when you can do this for a very reasonable amount per month. Very reasonable. Right. So I'm, I'm a real fan of that. And, you know, when you aren't sure about what you're doing and, and what you're putting out there, start showing it to people who are in the workplace and see how they react to it. Now, the big thing is we say, just put 10 or 15 years of what you've done on your resume. And, and there are arguments in every direction on that. I think the biggest thing is to show that in the last year, you have learned X, Y, and Z, mm. and that you've taken these classes. And then uh, I love the idea of a disruptive cover letter, which is instead of saying, I'm a perfect fit for that position, you just start to explain why you want that job for that company why you're passionate and that make the case for yourself with a story more than a business letter. Hmm. And, and the other thing is we are now applying to a lot of people who are younger than us. Even if you're in the forties, you may be applying to someone younger. So you really don't want to make it seem like, you know, more just because you've been there and done that. Cause that just makes everybody mad. Right. You want to present yourself as not only somebody who is current, but who's also collaborative, who mm. realizes that the real power is in what the team will do and that you want to be a part of the team. So you stress that and you get in there, you defrump, go get the job. The other thing, the more you put in the top of the filter, the more is going to come out. So I know it is so depressing to be rejected. It is not personal. It does not define who you are. It is not personal. It is, it's just the crazy nature of the beast. My first book was rejected by every major publisher in the United States. And I'd quit my job as an editor at a newspaper to write it. So I was a starving author. And I knew that if I was going to survive, I had to get a job. And I was living here in Florida, which is where my my family was at the time. And I thought, I am going to apply for a position as a professor of journalism 
at Manatee Community College, right near where my parents are. Because I had gone there for one year when I was young. Yeah. And who better for them as a professor than a four-time Pulitzer-nominated investigative reporter who'd worked for the Miami Herald and written for the Washington Post and U.S. News and World Report. And I did this great package and sent it to them. And I didn't even get an interview. Wow. At Manatee Community College, my alma mater. Now, being that I was a former investigative reporter, did I let it stop there? No, because I know in the Public Records Act, I can see who they did interview. And I was really curious who they got that was more qualified than me. So I did a request and found that they hired somebody who had never worked in news. His only communications experience was he had done a Saturday radio show in Des Moines, Iowa. Wow. And that's who they hired. And I knew someone who worked at that college. And I said, well, what do you know about this guy? And she goes, oh, he's taught there forever. That was a done deal before it was ever posted. Mm. So I want people to remember that. You can put it all out there and you can get whacked around a lot by the way things are. It's not you. It's not personal. You just have to be strong enough to get up again and again with certainty that the day will come that you break through. And I wish I could send you a a calendar invite where we would have a glass of champagne to celebrate the day that your troubles are over. But we don't know when that day is. Right. And it would be great if we did. But you never know how close you are to turning the corner until you turn the corner. So all you can do is just keep moving forward. Take the next step and the next step. And sooner or later, you will get there. And whenever you get frustrated, I want you to remember that. All you have to do is take the next step. And you're being tested. Never judge yourself by what you accomplished that came easily. Judge yourself by who you became when things got very, very hard. Because that is who you are. I love that. As we're as we're going to start pivoting to the final segments of the show, I do want to ask, is there one last piece of advice that you would love to give folks that we haven't covered? That is something in your book that's top of mind. Well, networking, as we know, is really important. Right. It is very important, but boy, most people do such a bad job of leveraging your network. They meet people, they collect business cards. Sometimes they forward articles and stay in touch But I always tell them, it is more important if you're going to network me that you say, hey, I also still watch every episode of Grey's Anatomy on Thursday nights, even though the show has sucked for years. Or, (laughs) hey, I saw you have a pit bull. I do, too. And, oh, you're an avid kayaker. It's like if you know these personal things about me, we connect on a human friendship level. And then once we're friends we're friends. Don't be afraid to leverage your friendship. And when you do that, and when you have people in your network, you don't just say, hey, do you mind circulating this resume to people you know? You call in the chit. You say, I need a personal favor. I need for you to take this resume and walk this over to Jim Davis. He's on he, he works in your company on the third floor, or maybe they know where the person is, right? Right. Like, walk it in, give it to him, 
tell him that I'm great and then follow up with an email to him and copy me into it as an introduction. Can you do that? When you ask specific things, you get them. If you don't ask, you don't get. So instead of networking that namby-pamby way that you always have, it's time to go gorilla. You call in the chits. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. We are going to transition to the next segment, a segment I like to call Things to Check Out. It's a segment where I give one thing I'm currently reading and one thing I'm listening to, and I ask my guests to provide recommendations to the audience. So I will go first. One thing that I'm currently reading, I'm actually reading One Life, which is Megan Rapinoe's autobiography, her memoirs. Um, so far, so good. I'm a huge soccer fan and a big fan of Megan Rapinoe. So it was uh, high on my read list, and so far it is not disappointed. And uh, the one thing I'm listening to, I'm a huge fan of most, most, if not all NPR podcasts, but my current favorite one right now is Sam Sanders podcast. It's called It's Been a Minute. And during this entire crazy time, it is a week, it is a multi weekly show. He's got two or three that come out every week. And it's a nice little recap of the current news about 20, 25, 30 minutes at most. And it's just a nice light perspective on some very deep stuff. So it's a nice way to be able to digest the difficult stuff through a through a very more lighter lens. So those are my two things. Fawn, what are you currently reading and who are you currently listening to? Well, I am currently reading, quite honestly, coming back, how to win the job you want when you've lost the job you need, because I finished writing it well over a year ago, a year and a half ago, and it just dropped and I'm getting all these media interviews and they're asking me about things I forgot. So I have to read <laughs> my own book again. And what That's am great. I listening to? Um, I love podcasts. What's the one that, that I'm really enjoying is the Dolly Parton one. Oh, um, yes. Oh, is it, was it Dolly Parton's America? Yeah, I think and I that's love right. The, I, I love the office ladies and um, let me oh, see. Oh, that one's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, stuff you should know. I love yes. that. Of course, I listen to the daily. Yes. Yeah. I. I mean, I. Man, podcast. Yeah, it's Dolly Parton's America. They. They just. They keep us healthy. We just put yeah. them on and we go for long walks and yes. then we get thin. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Well, we are transitioning to the final segment of the show. It's a segment I like to call Dad Jokes. It is a segment where I hurl dad jokes at my unsuspecting guests in an attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans. But I can't hear the audience. I can only hear my guests, so it works out. But I do like to put my guest on the spot. Fawn, do you have any jokes you would like to offer up today? None that are clean. <laughs> I'm not good with them anymore. I used to be good at it. No, I have no jokes. All right. Well, but I'm got... not boring. I'm not boring people at home. Don't think that. I just came jokeless. It's all good. It's all good. I've got several. So first of all, uh, Don oh, or Fawn, excuse me. Why did the raisin go out with the prune? I don't know. Well, because they couldn't find a date. Date raisin. Put up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, interesting fact of the day: In Sweden, all government-owned ships are required to have a UPC code printed on the hull. When the ships are returned to port, it helps them Scandinavian. Oh, no, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, last one. I wanted to let you know, Fawn, that a, a steak pun is a rare medium done well. Rare medium done well. Because it's medium done well, and it's a joke. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> intellectually, I find that very excellent. Yes. <laughs> Um, Fawn, um, you had talked to me about um, some courses. So I'd love if you could just spend a couple minutes um, promoting those and discussing those that you'd sent me before we started recording. 
Oh, the, the ones. Okay. So I've got some cheat sheet, mini course PDFs for people. If they would like one is on how to recharge your career during COVID. And the other one is on taking the next step. So these are just freebies for you that you can get at my website and You've got the link for that. Yes. I think that and we'll put that in the show notes. Really yes. I'm going to be doing a class on the coming back thing. I just didn't quite feel ready to let go of it yet. So That's fair enough. And Fawn, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, I'm, I'm on all social media. No, I'm not. I'm not on <laughs> Snapchat and stuff like that. I'm Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Perfect. And that is, is it at, is it just at Fawn Germer? at Twitter and that's uh Fawn Germer speaker at Instagram and then LinkedIn Fawn Germer and Facebook and you know Facebook check out my personal page too because I'm kayaking on that people seem to enjoy that one I love it I love kayaking personally so that's fantastic I'll check that out um now Fawn we need a hashtag for this episode should we use hashtag coming back yeah all right perfect Well, Fawn, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute delight. Your book is fantastic and you've got great resources and information for people because I do think fundamentally we need to rethink the way in which we approach work, whether you're newly entering the workforce, newly re-entering the workforce, or trying to re-energize your career. Your book is a fantastic resource. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks, Joe. You're so easy to talk to. I hope to (laughs) talk to you again. I'm excited. I will reach out and I will bring you back on. That is a promise. And uh, I'm excited. So listeners, I'll be back next week with another great episode. But until then, hashtag coming back. And as always, I will hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.